So welcome everybody to a new session today with Gal from NG, the CMO and founder. What's your name, your full name? Tell me how you got here. Tell me like what's your background. Right. So um, my name is Dala Haran. Um, I'm 27 years old, and um, we actually started Angie from personal pain of going to the mechanic after I had an awful experience when my car broke down, and I just felt helpless and frustrated, not knowing what the problem was, what I should do. I was just on the side of the road, clueless. And then when I went to the mechanic, it just became worse because I had a malfunction. I had no idea what it was. But what I do understand is that it's going to cost me $800 to fix it, just like that. And with no information, understanding, I just told the mechanic, you know what, just fix it. Just make it work. I'll pay. And then when I went out from there, I was so angry because the the mechanic had all the information and I was just helpless. Yeah. So, so what's the solution you, you give to the users? So we understood that in this auto repair industry that there's no transparency at all and that we had to bring a solution that would bring both transparency and a connection between the drivers and the mechanics to talk with one another. And that's how we got to Angie, which is actually the mechanic and the polymer hands. Yeah. And is actually the first marketplace between mechanics and drivers and we're connected to the car using a smartphone app and a Bluetooth device that connects to every car since 2002. And then once it's connected, you get all the information about the car. If you have a malfunction, exactly what the malfunction is. And then you get real-time quotes from mechanics nearby. So before you go to the mechanic, you already know exactly what's your problem and how much it's going to cost you to fix it. Okay, cool. So um, tell me a little bit, like, uh, I want to hear a little bit personal about you. Right. Tell me about a little bit about your story. Um, you know, besides the startup, I saw you you did the ZAP program at IDC. Right. So I'm also an IDC <laughs> graduate, so that's why I noticed it. Right. So um, tell me a little bit, like, how, how did you, you know, like, you told us how you came up with the idea, but, you know, like, a little bit maybe about the personal struggles of starting your own company. Right. Uh, many struggles. <laughs> many struggles, or, like, also, it could be interesting, you know, like, from the moment, like, you had the idea until it actually had the first time the product right. in your hand, like, so we started during the Zell program, which I think is one of the best tech programs in Israel. And um, you get into the program for half a year of tests and uh, kind of interviews. And then once you get there, you need to choose your team in like a week and just, you know, decide who you're going to work with uh, for the next year or five. And I think the most important to me was to find people or a team that I can work with and I'll be friends with but also to have you know the same goal of building a big and, and you know valuable company. Yeah. And so it was you know for me something that I think is really important is to both set your goals straight with your partners, but the most important thing is to be friends with them first. Because startups, you know, it's kind of like a roller coaster and there are you know days that you're way up high and days that you're way down low. And then you need someone to pick you up and you know move forward, and you can only do that if you have a really strong team that you know puts the company first with no ego and nothing you know no bad feelings or anything. But the only thing that matters is to get the company forward. So I think it's really important for people to know how to choose their teammates. Yes. Right. So, so how was it like when you were like, <laughs> feeling when you no, decided on a certain product and then you first time you had this, this product in your hand? And right. 
So it's kind of a whole process. The first thing was to understand if it's a problem that I had, you know, as a girl or as a woman, or is it a big problem that, you know, can help millions of people. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing was to, you know, see if there's, you know, the pain is really big as we thought. And so we did a lot of research and market research to see what's out there already. And then uh, the next part was to build the first prototype and get users to test it and feel it. So we had the kind of uh, testing groups. I went to uh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we went. It's in my car. My car is connected to it. Cool. Yes. So, um, you know, it, it was steps, uh, you know, uh, one step after another to build the first prototype and then get feedback. And I think that's really important for a startup to always be connected to the users, get the feedback, and then implement them. In product because you're not building a product for yourself, you're building a product for your users. Sure. Right. So that was kind of the first prototype era. It was friends, family, and then we got into um, the big forums and blogs of car enthusiasts um, because there's a huge car community in Israel, yeah. actually in the whole world. And then it was kind of the big launch of the product. So it's very exciting, the whole process. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm a, I'm a big car lover. I love all the nice fancy cars. I'm originally from Switzerland, so they oh, have a lot of so they have fancy those cars kind of in here. So whenever you see, like, I don't know, like a Porsche, then I get all excited. But um, again, like, I would like to talk a little bit about innovation in the car industry. I think it's um, compared to other industries, a very slow-moving right. industry and definitely like a very capital-intensive industry. So how do you compete with, I don't know, like big car companies that also try to connect the cars to the mobile phone or how do you see the future of the car industry? So um, first of all, I think that it's, it was important for us to understand that we're uh, not relying on the car manufacturers or uh, looking for you know, partnerships in order to succeed. That's not the way we're going because they have such a slow kind of movement. And uh, our understanding is that we're going to the customers and to the drivers and that's kind of our users, and we're going to connect to their cars and help them um, without kind of being reliable on the car manufacturers. And um, I think that the people that we're bringing the most value actually people that don't have new cars, which is really good for us. Yes. Because people that have you know cars after warranty, they're the ones that will go to the mechanic, have you know um, more malfunction, will be more price sensitive. So at that point, it's really good for us that we're, you know, uh, we're going through the users. I think that's very interesting to see that there are a lot of innovation in this very conservative market um, that was kind of closed up until a few years, and now you can see that there is vehicle-to-vehicle um, -vehicle innovation, and there's vehicle-to-infrastructure innovation, and smart cities, and cybersecurity. Yeah. I think that Israel actually. Um, has brought many innovations in this industry in the past few years, which is very exciting to see. You know that Israel is not just technology like focused. Um, there are a lot of other solutions um, that are B two C and kind of uh, going into this industry. So, so maybe like I would like to hear a little bit of your opinion right. about the, the future of the car industry. I mean, like you've heard many things. What do you think, think about like autonomous driving? So I think I'll get there. I mean, yeah. um, for sure, I don't see us driving, you know, for like the next, you know, 20 or 50 years. It doesn't make sense. Um, and especially if, you know, there's so much innovation in this world, it's just going to be faster. So I think I'll take more time than they're saying, uh, but it's definitely going to get there. Mm -hmm. 
and um, I think it'll just make the world a better place. Uh, there's no need for each and every one of us to drive a car, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but until then, there are solutions like Uber that are kind of making a smart, you know, autonomous car in a way, because you don't have your own car, the autonomous car is, you know, a person that's actually driving, but the idea of not each and every one of us having a car to drive in is kind of the same idea that's going there. So there'll be solutions until the autonomous car, but I'll get there. Yeah, I mean, but the, the, the thing is that it's more of an issue, I think, with the autonomous car is the ethical dilemmas that they had. I'm sure you've heard about right, like, right. who took care of driver, right. who is more important, the whole hacking idea that, like, you know, you want to drive to work, but it drives you to, I don't know, to a different place. So I think people like to be scared um, and kind of stressed, but I think that at the end, if you look at the big picture, then you'll have less car accidents because, you know, people are, you know, less. Um, you know, fast-minded as um, this machine at the end of the day, and you'll have less car accidents and less uh, people killed, I think, on the roads mm -hmm. anyway. So, so I think people like to have kind of these ethical questions, which are good and very meaningful, but at the end of the day, I think less people will be hurt when they have, you know, when it's, you know, what's happening right now. Okay, good. So thank you very much for this interview. Thank you. And um, I hope you enjoyed the video. Thank See you, you very soon. much. Bye.